Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. your sitter. Wow. As long as there are fans on, this is one of the best ones I hear about. So the Warrior fans come in here, the Celtic fans come in here, Lakers fans come in here. I take that L on the way out. Jokic, here's the pick. Welcome into the Pick Axe Podcast. It is Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross with DenverStiffs.com. We are back in full strength this week after Gordon was out last week, but he is here. We start off tonight, well, or this morning, I should suppose. We are recording this on Sunday night, but airing on Monday morning. We start off, of course, with the big story of the weekend that shook the entire NBA world yesterday. Kobe Bryant, dead at age 41, dies in a helicopter crash along with his daughter and seven other people. Uh, there is obviously this is a Denver Nuggets podcast, but there's no way we cannot uh, discuss that story as it broke earlier today. I will. I have actually never written a um, any anything for for this podcast. It tells you about my my preparation right there. Um, other than just a, a general rundown. So uh, for the first time ever, actually, I, I wrote something specifically about Kobe because I think it, it is it is such a um, it's a a polarizing topic i think in in colorado specifically and and for those of us who who really were around back in in 2003 so um what i what to say about kobe is that he's obviously uh an, an icon in the nba that that rivaled any player or whoever really played in the league whether that was michael jordan lebron james who who whoever you want to say um kobe was right there his his accomplishments of course are are unrivaled or or at that same level of a person you would think of the greatest of all time whether it's the you know the the MVP and the and the five the five rings the two finals MVPs 15 times all NBA 18 time all-star those are no doubt hall of fame first ballot hall of fame credentials and and undeniably um, one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game off of his court, obviously, we know here in Colorado, the, the legacy is a bit more complicated. Bryant is, his legacy is marred by the sexual assault accusations in 2003 in Eagle, Colorado. Those charges were dropped and Bryant settled outside of court with his accuser, but only one woman now knows exactly what happened that night. And the rest of us are left to form our own opinions of Kobe and how that, that individual matter changes it for us what we know is since 2003 we've been given every indication that he has been a dedicated husband and an exemplary father and we know that was true up until his final moments his kobe and his daughter gianna are survived by their wife and mother vanessa their daughters and sisters natalia bianca and capri Kobe's game and image transcended the transcended basketball as he became a global icon and brand. His worldwide recognition and the tragic nature of his death are a brutal reminder of life's fragility and death's finality. To lose so many people and to lose some at such young ages is what makes this loss the most difficult. To have so much love and joy robbed of the world before it even truly had a chance to blossom is a tragedy that no one should ever have to weather. In this time, we should all remember the families who are affected the most and make sure to show them all compassion, empathy, and respect. And with that, Gordon, I will turn it over to you and your thoughts on Kobe Bryant. Well, like you said, man, it's it's a complicated thing here in Colorado. Um, we got more coverage probably than any other um, state about um, his off-court transgressions. Um I mean, I've read the transcripts um, of 
Um, his statements, you know, after uh, the case was dismissed, pending uh, his his statement that what she said happened happened. Um, so his his legacy is 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 a bit complicated off the court. Uh, on the court, it's it's not complicated at all. He's one of the greatest players to ever live. Like I, there's there's no disputing it. Um, and so many players uh, in the in the modern game uh, were inspired by him. Um, just as future generations are going to be inspired by Steph, or going to be inspired by, you know, Embiid. I guess if you're seven feet two, you know. But it's it, the work ethic, the the demand on yourself for greatness on the court. Um, it, inspired a lot of people. Mamba mentality is a legit thing, um, especially among sports people. Um, and Kobe, you know, was taking that down. That was passed down from all of the competitors before him. You know, uh, MJ uh, definitely uh, had that same killer instinct on and off the court, um, which caused him some trouble as well. Uh but really, like uh, you see how much he impacted everyone with all of the statements. Uh, Will Barton today talking about how he patterned his game after Kobe, you know, just watching highlight videos and, uh, you know, interviews, um, trying to find that that particular magic. And he made it to the league and he got to talk to Kobe as a rookie, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it made an impact on him. It made an impact on Jamal Murray, who went to his camp. Yeah. You know, the, the he his legacy in basketball is assured. Um and everybody who's mourning him, um I get it. I I really do. Um uh when you watch him, it's hard not to be inspired. Whenever you watch mortals do things that feel superhuman, it, it's it's a fascinating thing, especially when they're wearing the jersey of your town when they in some fashion represent you. Um, it's what sports is about, is being represented as immortal by superhumans. Right. You know, yeah, that, it becomes a it part really of is. culture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I feel horrible for his friends and his family, um, uh, for the families of, of all of those who died today. Right. Uh, really like it uh, for the, the poor uh, campers who were sitting and waiting, you know, right. and then had to find out at this camp that they've come to to be coached up, you know, that that Kobe is is no longer with us. You know, it, it's it, uh, this is going to be a hugely impactful day um, in the lives of a number of people. And that um, is, yeah, I think that is uh, for me, the, the most difficult part of all of this, as I said, is it's. Um, Anytime, anytime you you have have children involved in a tragedy like this, it um, uh, particularly when when they're victims, it's it, it it's it's such it's such a loss, you know, for for people that to die that young, um, and 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 they were innocent because as we've spoken um, about and, and and Kobe and his legacy and how that's complicated and has certainly some very very dark spots. Um, across it you know his his daughter uh and the other child who died the, they they are have nothing to do with any of that nope. this is just um very very tragic that's that, that that's that tragic loss sense that's where you run into you know people when they say wives are cut short too soon i mean kobe's younger than me right so kobe's life in many ways was cut short too soon you know and the kids who died it, it's just it's just tragic, um, and it it feels more familiar because we know someone who's involved. Right, right. Because because he is we like, he's like he's we an do. icon of yeah of, of our culture. He is he is a, he is a a part of our culture, um, and and is uh, known around the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you, you people throw throw away you know uh, wadded up paper in a trash can, shouting Kobe. Right. Like, I mean, literally, like it. He's iconic iconic and when you lose an icon it's less about the icon than it is about how you felt about the icon right. about how the icon made you feel about yourself um i get it i i really do and i i feel for everyone who's 
suffering today. Um, like I said, especially with the families. Right. Um, I just there's not a lot more that I can say about that. Like it's uh, for me um, as a survivor of sexual abuse um, who has friends who are as well. It's harder for me to lionize someone. Um, but he spent the last, you know, 17 years trying to be a different man from the appearances. Like, I mean, what are you going to do? You can't hold somebody, somebody's worst failure against them forever. That you just can't. Um, he was a, a charitable icon. He gave millions to charity. He was a was a champion of women's sports um, and their equality and, and th- their visibility um, uh, to his own daughters as well. Right. Uh, there were many, many things that he did that were worth uh, championing. And um, it's good to see the impact that he had in those in those ways. It really is. Uh, everybody who was moved by it, everybody who was moved to do better. You know, by either watching him play or, you know, partaking in in uh, any of his sort of self help stuff. I I'm I'm very sorry for everybody today who who's feeling that loss. Really, I am. All right. Well, I tell you what. Let's. Uh, we'll, we're going to now move on to to things that are are in fact related to the Denver Nuggets. I will say this. I guess if I was going if I'm going to share one more thing on Kobe Bryant, I thought about what would be my favorite um, Kobe moment because as, as a Nuggets fan, uh, a lot of, a lot of memories of Kobe on the court are of him just <laughs> demolishing the Nuggets. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, in crucial moments, you think about the, that series in 2009 uh, where there really was, I mean, there was some couple of bad inbounding passes as well, but yeah. um, mostly that was Kobe pretty much just absolutely refusing to allow the Nuggets to, to rising close up the out moment. games in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Right. Rising up exactly. to the moment like he always does. Very clutch. But so my actual my actual favorite moment, though, uh, remembering Kobe will be will always be the 2008 Olympics in Beijing, that redeemed team. It was the first time Kobe ever played uh, for a team that I rooted for. Right. And, and it was – I remember feeling very jealous of – it was probably the only time I've really been jealous of Lakers fans – um, because it, I got realized how awesome it was to have that guy on your team, and he was um, as he dominated throughout that Olympics. It was really unbelievable player, just right. un- unbelievable competitor on the court. Really, right? Exactly, man. So, um, all right. Well, let's let's move into into some Nugget stuff. So we do have some. We're going to go back to our, our normal format of uh, you know we're going to review what happened and then look forward to the upcoming week. Nuggets had. Um, was it four games this past weekend? I think three of them, really, since last since last weekend, where they twice against the Rockets, uh, once against the Pelicans. Nuggets end up splitting the the games with the Rockets. I want to get into that specifically because that does have some playoff implications, tiebreaker implications. Um, and I also want to talk about Michael Porter Jr. because Denver's been going through a lot of. I know, I know, we're going to go Michael Michael Malone somewhere is cringing uh, in anger right now, but um. Uh, we're going to talk about it anyway. We're going to do it. That's right. We don't care. Uh, so Michael Porter Jr. has been getting a lot of more minutes because of, of injury. Uh, but I want to talk about what happens to him when everybody starts coming back healthy. Then uh, we'll spend the second half of this show uh, looking forward to the upcoming week. Nuggets have one home game, but it is probably the biggest game of the week. The Utah Jazz, who currently sit a half game up on Denver in the standings, they will play them this week for the first time this season. Then Denver also has three road games, two of which they'll look very winnable, one against Milwaukee, one against Detroit, one against Memphis. So get Jordan or Gordon's opinion on all of that. And then, of course, we'll close out the show with our uh, predictions for the Nuggets record for the upcoming week. So let's not waste or delay any more on, on the Nuggets content and let us get into, let's start with the, the split with the Rockets because that was the game that happened just this Sunday. The Nuggets get the win this time at home. James Harden, of course, did not play. It was an awkward game because the news about Kobe Bryant broke about a half an hour before tip off. Um, there was some, some guys wonder- on the court, man, just warming up. Like guys are right. out there, you know, doing their warm ups, taking their shots. And then Will Barton comes out 
says, look what I just heard, is telling Murray. Murray, close to tip-off, is on his phone saying, like, what happened? Right. And of course, so, Murray wasn't playing because he's no, Murray wasn't no, playing. one of the guys who's out. But I'm just saying, like, it was it – was, things are unfolding in real time. Nobody knew right. exactly who was on the helicopter at tip-off. Right. Tyson Chandler, uh, you could see visibly upset. Visibly, yeah. On, uh, on the bench. I, I kept looking for him on the bench throughout the game, and it looked like he eventually went back to the locker room. Uh, yeah, I think he um, had to uh, – yeah, he basically which, walked back and – Yeah, which was – I mean, obviously, that that was probably his his decision. At least you hope it was. But it was like, man, I was wondering. I was like, man, why why he got this guy out there? Just let him – you know, you're not. He, he's not getting regular minutes, anyways. Yeah, so it's okay. He doesn't I, need honestly, to be there. This is like, such a hard it, thing. Like, right, and I, and I think they were teammates. So. Yes, absolutely. And it's those are the things that are that are really hard. You know, you find out a half hour before game time. You know, and most of these people had some kind of interaction with Kobe, whether right. going to camp or talk to him on the phone or, you know, they knew him. Right. Um, yeah. And so it makes it. Even more impactful. Um, I know Scott Hastings before the game was saying to that they should cancel it, and I I posted up something basically that you know they didn't cancel the game when Pop's wife died. Like, right? I mean, that was that affected the teams involved. Like there, it, it, but I get it. I, I, on the other hand, everybody in the league is affected by this. It's not just one team. It's not just one tragedy. This is a league wide effect. And and you watched all the games today. All the games on Sunday were just people grieving live while playing a game right exactly yeah through through the game of basketball it was very yeah. it was very interesting I, I don't can't ever think of a time of seeing quite um quite that type of atmosphere that, that it ended up actually a, a good basketball game did end up breaking out between uh between the nuggets and the rockets particularly in the fourth quarter it got yeah. um it got very interesting denver prevails Jokic. With uh, yet another triple double, he's been on a bit of a roll uh, with with uh, triple doubles against the Rockets. At least he had them both in both games this week. Do you, I guess Gordon? I mean, how much do you take out of this win? It's the Nuggets will split the series now. Oh, this was a huge win, Rockets. Man. Yeah, I mean, so I, in that's in terms of I guess like I I don't think you can really read into it too much of like hey the nuggets you know they this year they split the series with the rockets no. this they could go seven games with them you know in the playoffs i think i think the rockets still have a, a distinct advantage against denver and there's a lot of unique circumstances that led to today's win um but you end up getting that split which means now there's no head to head tiebreaker well and what yeah what it means is if they wind up tied the nuggets are currently what six games in we in what conference record right better something like that yeah so they they have a huge advantage over the Rockets right now. Um, if if they wound up tied at the end of the season, that is a big big deal. So yeah, this this game mattered a lot in the sense that, you know, when you're talking about you know transitory existence and the universe and death, like the game doesn't mean that much. However, for the Nuggets today for their season, this game meant a lot, and they were able to pull it out. After the first half, I mean, you could tell both teams were just walking through the motions. Like, right. it, they it, they were playing half speed, no defense, and no, no coaches were saying anything. There were no right. timeouts. There was no getting on anybody. There was you know. no getting ejected from the game. No, um. no, 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 no. They, everybody <laughs> was – it was – it wasn't a tomb, but, like, people were processing in real time. Right. And then the effort picked up, and then they started, you know, playing like – for somebody and then by the end of the game it was just playing to win and it was it was quite a change it was it was one of the more interesting games to watch it really really was it's been yeah i mean it's um it's been a very interesting week in terms of just watching this nuggets team in general you have this game obviously and everything we talked about but but even before i mean with all these injuries and and they tried some different things right We, we saw we saw what was it against the uh um, so against New Orleans, and I think he played. He started basically Will Barton at point guard, uh, along with Tory Craig and um, and Gary Harris. Right, that yeah. was that was your your bat your wings against that game against New Orleans. It worked, and we got to see Zion for the like you know his second game with New Orleans. So it was Zion's kind of a whole. He, well, yeah, man, he um uh, he. He uh, gave the Nuggets all they could handle. It was interesting because in that first game in Zion's 
uh, debut, the who are they playing the Spurs. The, the Spurs kind of tried to put put that classic big. You saw Lamarcus Aldridge on it right. uh, quite a bit, and Zion was knocking down threes uh, and making it making it difficult and it, for for a big to cover him. The yoga or the Nuggets kind of went the the opposite direction. They went with uh, Jeremy Grant, who's probably one of the better better guys in the league. Uh, suited at trying to defend a guy like Zion, but then they had, you know, they I think I saw Tory Craig on him, um, quite a little bit, and then maybe even Will Barton got switched there a couple times. It was, um, it was kind of the opposite of what the Spurs tried to do, and and Zion just he he reacted exactly how he should, so he he pretty much kind of feasted there, yeah, down low on them, uh, throughout. Nuggets ended up getting that win though, basically because they have, you know, I mean, Jokic once again. Uh, plays plays a great game. Jokic had a great game, and you have enough guys who can compete. Michael Porter Jr. had another decent game that game. Right, right. it's and, been a good week for Michael. Like, does, yeah, does, he's had a good week. No, I was gonna say, and the other thing you had is, I mean, it's kind of funny because the Nuggets lost the first two games against New Orleans when they didn't have Zion. But right. the fact of the matter is, New Orleans is still even with Zion; they're not that good. So right. it was well, and it's um, still gonna take some adjustment time to get him worked in. They're not playing him when it in, in like crunch minutes right now. Right. You know he's on he's on a bit of a um a minutes restriction as they try to work him back, which on all of that makes sense. They're not trying to like win a title this year, so they can take their sweet time with Zion and get him worked back in correctly. It's that's just how it is. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's really nice. Which, which kind of maybe that's the silver lining, I guess, in his injury is that because if you remember, I mean, people were talking about the Pelicans as a dark horse. Uh, playoff team when the when the season started they of course got off to a abysmal start um and now have really don't have any shot at making the playoffs i say that but i mean really how how far are they out of the eight seed i gotta check this um they're only they're only four and a half games back they could still right they could still get into that eight seed um but you know what i mean like in, in all likelihood it looks like they're not uh, going to be making the playoffs. They're a team who's probably looking towards the next season. So it gives them, like you said, the kind of opportunity to work him in slowly. And, and that is probably for the best because that's a guy who, um, you know, his game and his, his, his game and his frame are going to put a lot, a lot of stress on that body. And a lot, and it's something that you don't, unless you want to make sure he's a hundred percent, you know, you don't want to, don't want to put anything to chance because well, it's, you know it's, when he gets out there, it's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he he's just a huge freight train. Right. He's fast. He's explosive. He's dynamic. And he weighs way more than most basketball players. And sometimes you can get away with that. Like, you know, uh, the round mound or rebound got away with that for a long time. You know, Charles right. Barkley was a heady, larger than average body on his frame and uh, got away with it. You know, but I, I remember Larry Johnson, you know, playing for Charlotte and then uh, uh, the Knicks. And I remember, you know, his back eventually causing him issues. And from all of the heavy landings, from all of the. Even a guy like uh, who wasn't quite as explosive, but even a guy like a Danilo Gallinari, you know, who yeah. um, had that same, you know, big frame that was attacking the basket. It's it's hard on the knees is, you know, it's, it's just what we've seen. Hard on the knees, hard on the back. You know, that's. Yep. And, and you don't you don't want you you want Zion to make sure that that he's taken care of. So you teach him how to land again. You teach him now that you can jump up like that. Don't come down awkwardly. Like I can't afford for you to be landing on one leg. You yeah. Know. <laughs> right. Right. We need to just keep everything secure. The landing fundamental. He is. Well, seriously, he's he's so talented. Yeah. Um, it's really fun looking at all of the talent. Like. And I know that here in Denver, you know, we're all holding our breath about Michael Porter Jr.'s back. He had the uh, the upper back problem earlier uh, this week against Houston, Houston, and everybody freaked out when they didn't clarify that it was like some some stress in his upper back and not potentially his lower back that was causing him problems. Well, because they, you know, the way yeah, the way they originally worded it was was just back tightness. Exactly. It's just like oh gosh, no, You're like, like please you know, don't have a problem. <laughs> of, yeah. of all things, yeah. Exactly. So it wasn't, you know, it, it was it was way worse than when, like, in comparison to, like, Summer League, when he hurt his knee and you were like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, normally you would be so upset about a guy hurting his knee, but in that time you're like, well, at least it wasn't the back. You're so like, ooh, I, knees. I, We're right. okay with knees. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think anytime you hear something about, you know, about a back with, with Michael Porter Jr. tends tend to be a, a little tense. But let's talk about him. He, um, 
he, as you said, had a good week outside of that Houston game because he had the big game against Minnesota where he had the big, uh, what was it, double-double? He had, like, what, 14 rebounds or something like that? 20 yeah, points, yeah. Uh, yeah Minnesota was, like, 20 points and 14 boards. Right, right. He comes back then uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans, and he ends up, what did he have in that game? 15 and uh, 10, I think. It was, yeah, it, it was, it was another double-double, double, I know double. that. Yeah, 15 and 10. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he shot a lot. He was... Not his best night shooting, but no, um, no, he he was he was he missed like ten shots that night. It wasn't right. great. It was it was nobody had a good night shooting. I mean, the Nuggets no. shot thirty seven percent from the floor uh, overall, and then of course uh, tonight he had another uh, another strong performance. He off missed the bench. a double double by what one rebound? Yep, seventeen and nine. So um, yeah. in twenty four minutes, and that's the thing is like he's not playing a ton of minutes yet. He is getting above twenty now, um, but but some of that is because okay, you've got like. You know, you've got Jamal Murray out, and Gary Harris has been out. Greg Gary's been back now for a couple games, but even with Murray yeah, out, Gary's not back. Like Gary has right. played, right? Yeah, he's 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 not. I mean, Gary only played twenty three minutes, right? Um, so he's not playing a ton uh, right now. But even with a guy like Jamal Murray who plays point guard, because okay, you've you're playing. Yes, you've got PJ Dozier, but they're not going to play Dozier a ton, um, and he's he's even they're a combo more than guard. I thought they would. But so, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but they they need some. They're gonna need some extra punch on the wings, uh, regardless, because they're pulling. Basically, they're pulling Will Barton over to play a lot of those typical point guard duties when Monty Morris isn't in the game. Michael Porter Jr. is the guy who's gonna naturally get more minutes because he's the guy who's proven now to be able to score uh, consistently, yep. and and he can do that from the wings. So I guess Gordon, my my question to you now is when you go back. Uh, Jamal Murray, let's say, is healthy. Gary Harris is back full time. Uh, you know, you got Malik Beasley, who's also been playing pretty strong and been scoring pretty well. Is but is that at this point? I mean, is it twenty to twenty five minutes a night? Is that what we should just expect from Michael Porter Jr.? Has he earned that spot in the rotation? I mean, in my mind, he has. If you if you give a guy twenty twenty five minutes a night and he keeps dropping twenty and ten double doubles on you all the time. Yeah, you better play. <laughs> you should, be, like, you should take not, that. Yeah, like his last, his last what half dozen performances: nineteen points, eight boards; eighteen points, ten boards; ten points, eight boards; twenty points, fourteen boards; fifteen points, ten boards. And tonight, seventeen and nine. Like he's giving you basically twenty and ten, right? In twenty-five minutes. I mean, yeah, come he, on. There's... <laughs> You better play him. You can't be like, well, now we're going to give you eight minutes again, Michael. Like, that's just what your life is going to be. Yeah. And the thing about it, too, is it's consistent, right? Is he is like basically since they've now given him consistent minutes, they've got consistent production. That's Absolutely. Been, and, and, and another thing I've noticed, I mean, he's 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 not there by any means, but he's starting to get look. He's not as noticeably bad on defense. As he's he figuring has it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't say you know he's he's not like shutting people down, but you're see you're not seeing so many blowbys um, before. You're not seeing him just yeah not not, he's not really completely the right missing position. the guy. He's not yeah. forgetting his rotation. He's not like picking up the wrong guy coming back down the floor. Yeah, I mean, so Gordon, at some point, do you, do you think that maybe he ends up as a starter at some point this season? Well, I mean, it depends. He's a starter right. Well, like, he could be a starter right now. He could be like. It, it, it depends on on who's injured. Yeah, like if everybody's healthy, then probably not. But that's partly because the bench needs a scorer. Like, right. you know, uh, right now the people who score on the bench. I mean, Monte Morris had a good shooting night tonight. Yeah, he Monte Morris. I mean, he's been playing well, and, and like I said, and Malik Beasley's been playing better. They're getting right. a little more consistent. I mean, Malik didn't have a great night tonight. Didn't shoot it too well, but um, but they're, they're he's had some back, big nights. But, but that's really it. Like it, you can, and you can deploy Michael against guys who can't necessarily guard him. Like I don't, although I haven't seen a lot of people guard him as starters or off the bench recently. Like that's not a thing that happens. Yeah, uh, it's pretty hard to defend somebody who's six eleven and can get to the rim in three steps. Apparently, I. That's just crazy. Yeah, and the other thing about him too that I've really noticed is he, uh, um, when he's open, like he he doesn't miss. Like if you leave him, it is so open pretty. At three, four, yeah, it's going they down. They left him. They left him against Houston. Yeah, um, a couple times. And and he was like, "You did what?" And then just buried a three. Right. And they'd leave yeah. him, and he would bury a three. He's like, "I don't, I don't care." Like this is, if it looks like I'm open, like I'm in the gym, I'm gonna make it like I'm in the gym. Yeah, exactly. There's then there's no 
Um, there's no question where I think any, you really, it's hard to saying that about anybody else on the Nuggets. Um, they, they all seem to be pretty streaky, even with the, with the wide open threes. All right, I tell you what, let's go ahead. We're going to hit the break because we need to get, to, we need to get on to the upcoming week. Um, so we will, uh, we'll, when we get back, we'll look at this Utah game and the, also this upcoming kind of like road trip, mini road trip they got going. So stick with us. We'll be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back into the Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Nikosh, Gordon Gross. We spent the first half talking, of course, Kobe Bryant, um, as well as the Nuggets, and how they their matchup now with the Rockets um, ended in a split on the season series and Michael Porter Jr. So let's now take some time. Let's look forward to this upcoming week. Nuggets have, I think, four games uh, before we are back together next Sunday evening or Monday morning, I suppose, when you consider airtime um they they have the it's kind of weird they're gonna have they're gonna go on the road here they're gonna play memphis and then they're gonna come right back home and then they're gonna play utah and then they're gonna go right back out on the road um and then they have i think who do they close this out with uh milwaukee and um see, I can't even, I they play know. detroit on sunday detroit yeah and then detroit is next sunday so um, before the Super Bowl, weird a ten thirty tip. So be prepared. We're gonna have to. Hmm, we're gonna have to figure out how we we're gonna work in a Super Bowl segment right. next week. Also, not Super Bowl, right? Super game. That super awesome thing that's happening uh, on the upcoming weekend. I'm sure I'm supposed to not say Super Bowl on my podcast, but. I think we'll survive it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the NFL is paying too much attention. Um, so, all right. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to skip over the Memphis game pretty much, I guess, unless there's – You don't want to talk about, like, Jackson or anybody? Okay. Yeah, I mean, John Morant's awesome. And, well, okay, so here's the thing. We should probably not skip over Memphis because guess who's the number eight seed right now in the West? I it's know. It's Memphis Grizzlies. Um, we'll get to them. I'll, I'll, we'll come back we'll to them. We'll be brief. We'll be brief. It's a big I'll, week. I'll come back to them. I want I want to get to the Utah game at first because the Utah game is the important, most important one. So huge uh, on the week, right? The the Nuggets are a half game back of the Jazz, so I think they very well could we'll never tied. lose and will never lose again. Right? The Jazz have been on a crazy, crazy run. Um, this past basically started probably before Christmas, um, or right around Christmas, and now has 
um, stretched in, what is it now, like something like 19 out of the last 21 or something like that. But anyway, it's definitely 18 to 20 last I saw. So, yeah, and then, so it's if they it's won just, again, then it's 19 to 21. Yeah, they're right. they're insane. So it, it comes now. Now they'll they'll play the Denver this week here in in the Pepsi Center. I guess. I mean, do you think George, Gordon is this the, um, in your opinion, the very the best or or I guess the most important game of the season thus far, or is that a little bit hyperbole to state? Eh, that's hard to say, especially because you're not meeting somebody at full strength, right? You know, the Jazz have a bunch of their guys, and right now the Nuggets are missing some very, very important pieces like Plumlee and Millsap and Murray with a limited Gary Harris. Like, Hey, now, Emmanuel Moutier is questionable. Right, um, yeah. No, yeah. probable. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. Moutier would probably come in here and, like, throw 20 down because that's what Moutier does is he gets up right. for, like, three games a year. Although he's been a decent backup for them, like I'm not gonna lie, he's he has been not the worst player in the league, which is a far and vast improvement. Well, yeah, right. It's an improvement of where he was um, with Denver. Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> the thing is too is that we we got three more games against Utah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is this is it's kind of weird. This is not a tiebreaker. This is not anything. This is a first. Right. It's this not is like a that first Houston skirmish. game. Right. It's 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 weird that they're playing Utah for the very first time. Um, so late in the year, it's all backloaded. Their whole their whole Utah schedule is backloaded for drama. Apparently, there you go. It's TV built for TV schedule. I mean, they're done with the Rockets now. Yeah, which is which. Yeah, isn't that kind of weird that now they they've finished up season series with Houston before they even played a single game against Utah? Uh, I mean, I look at the Jazz and and I think that's a team that you know classically the Nuggets have not. Uh, performed very well against Rudy Gobert is a problem for them because he is the best defensive center in the NBA. Yep. So if there's one guy to put you want to put on the best offensive center in the NBA, it's the best defensive center in the NBA, and that uh, that tends to give the Nuggets some problems. I'm interested well, the to other see problem that they though, have is is that they the Nuggets do not drive shot blockers. They don't crash into them. They don't make them uncomfortable. Yeah, they try to shoot floaters. Yeah, yeah. They, they throw floaters up, and floaters are the kind of things that Rudy Gobert will throw into the fourth row. Like <laughs> A la Zion Williamson. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he doesn't care, man. And and his, he's gotten so much quicker um, just watching him. Rudy Gobert on defense, uh, his, his recovery ability, not just his first move, which is always quick, but his recovery ability when he makes a mistake has gotten much better. Uh, Gobert is just a phenomenal defensive player. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And, and he causes Denver problems because of the way that they play. You know, but, uh, it, it's not like Jokic can go up in there and go over Gobert. What I'm what I'm interested to see though is they don't have Derek Favors anymore. Who, yep. if, of that combination of those two guys, I think really I gave the Nuggets a ton of problems. They don't necessarily have to deal with that. Anymore, the is one know. of those guys that that was able to defend Jokic very well, um, and and allow Rudy to roam. Right, exactly. He, um, he would get put on classical. You know, you'd end up seeing Gobert kind of trying to defend Millsap, which was fine. Yeah. Um, but the Nuggets weren't always going to give. You know, uh, Millsap uh, wasn't the f- or he's not the fulcrum of their offense, right? Like <laughs> right. like Jokic was. So uh, when you had somebody like Favors who was capable. Of of defending Jokic and had you know a lot of physicality that they could really kind of give Nikola some problems and then on top of that you have the best defensive center the best basically best defensive player certainly the best rim protector in the league are you able to just kind of roam um, it really you know it really and makes it, it things tough for the Jokic offense man because it, it, then guys couldn't just cut to the basket because there's a huge dude there who's willing to block everything in the world. Right. Um, you'll notice that when they play Philadelphia, Jokic doesn't have any problem scoring. Right. You know, Joel Embiid is also a force inside, but Jokic takes it in Embiid all the time. So I'm curious to see with Jokic and Gobert one-on-one with each other, how that goes and whether Jokic can pull Gobert out of the way to allow more guys to get to the bucket. And that's that's what we're going to get to see in, in this first game and matchup. Yeah, because there's not a ton. Uh, I mean, there's not really anything. That was the other thing. I mean, Derek Favors also provided uh, a pretty good level of rim protection himself. Yep. 
Um, they don't they don't have that. I mean, you know, you look at who the Jazz play now with Bogdanovich and uh, Joe Ingles. I mean, Ingles is a good defender, but he's not a he's not a guy who you're worried about. Um, Erasing shots at the rim yeah. on cutters and stuff like that. That so. said, the Nuggets better defend the stupid three-point line this week. Yeah, yeah, no doubt because that uh, uh, they're going to run into that uh, with a couple teams. They, the other thing that I think that Utah gives you is going to be interesting to see what Denver does is they don't really start uh, or play a, a point guard, a classic point guard um, right now because Mike Connolly's kind of coming off the bench. They're still working him back in. Right. So it, it could, it actually might work to the Nuggets favor to get Utah right now in this kind of weird scenario where they're bringing Connolly back. Nuggets don't have Murray. So you could see another game where you see a, a, a Will Barton, Gary Harris, Torrey Craig, uh, backcourt or, or out on the wings. I wouldn't, and that actually might help them against a team like, um, like Utah, who's going to start a very similar, uh, very similar style of of um, perimeter players. So going to be interesting to see. It'll it's it's certainly at least going to set the tone for the Nuggets and the Jazz in this series. Yep. Um. And 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 we'll get we'll get to see uh where it goes. The De- Denver will play Utah. I think they play them at the, actually the very last game of the season. So, um, I expect every game against Utah to matter this year. And Utah right. is, you know, they're well coached. They they know how they they know how they play, and I always appreciate that about Utah. Right. It'll be interesting to see. Like I said, they're a, another team that Denver has has classically struggled with, like the Houston Rockets. Denver, as they now closed out that series, well, especially um, Utah here on Sunday. The yeah, Utah are awful in Utah. Right. U- Utah and Houston are the two like uh, two places you don't want Denver to go. Automatic losses. Yeah, and those are just guaranteed. Yeah. Like their their record in those two cities has to be uh, something like one in twenty in their last five years or so. Right. But um, but the thing that that'll be interesting to see is they, they you know this year. Okay, they they played one game against Houston where they looked like they had Houston figured out. Um, they played two games against the both games on the road in Houston. They um, look like just just what they always look like against the Rockets, and then then, then they win this last one here, kind of under a weird kind of circumstances. It's sort of weird circumstances now for this first Utah game, like I said, with with them working Connolly back with the Nuggets not at full strength. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see if Nuggets can do what they did today against Houston and and repeat that against the Jazz and, and well, and they got to take the, the problem with the Jazz is you can't just quit on that game. It's your home game. Yeah, exactly. You like, need to get and that then win. you're flying out at like two in the morning to go to Milwaukee to play the next night against the Bucks. Guaranteed loss. So, you know, nobody's beating Milwaukee in Milwaukee. Like nobody's beating <laughs> Milwaukee. Period. But you definitely aren't rolling into Milwaukee on a back to back. And taking it from, it, yeah. from the Bucks. Yeah, you're not coming in after you just played a division opponent and then losing an hour. Um, and, and also an 8.30, 8.30 tip-off yeah, exactly. on that, that Utah game. That's a ridiculous back-to-back. Uh, so. Yeah, so this is a, this is a terrible, like, if, you're, if there's ever going to be a schedule loss, it's going to be that Bucks game, um, which sucks because I the, the Nuggets tend to play Milwaukee pretty, pretty well. Usually they're high-scoring games because there's no defense. Well, there's the, Milwaukee has no one who can defend Jokic. And Correct, and, 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 and the Nuggets can't possibly stop Giannis. Right, but Jokic has had some of his some of his greatest performances. Yes, um, have actually come in Milwaukee. Is, I think I believe no, I think it was actually he was at home against Milwaukee when he had the fastest triple double. Right, um, but I think it wasn't history. his forty. It, uh, I guess his forty. Yeah, was one in, was was in uh, Chicago, wasn't it, or uh, Cleveland? He had a big. No, it was the, it was, the, it was the, the back back Chicago. Yeah. It was the back-to-back Chicago-Milwaukee because that's um, – for those of you who are uh, like me of, of Balkan descent, you know this. But uh, Chicago-Milwaukee area, very um, very high density of, of Serbians, yeah. Croatians, you know, the whole the whole Balkan region. A lot of them uh, settled down there for whatever reason. So um, very, very large fan base will be there for him. But Milwaukee is just unstoppable this year in, in particular at home. So it's a definite schedule loss. So I guess when you look at this then, Gordon, do you think – I mean can the Nuggets go 2-1 and one on their road games? Detroit is kind of a mess at this point. But like I said, Memphis is is not a team to take lightly. I do not take Memphis lightly. Um, I think they should take that Memphis game. Particularly without Jamal Murray. Right. Well, and that's that's the thing is uh, how do you know how your bench is going to come out? Because right now your half your bench is starting for you. Right. You know, and so you're kind of relying on this mismatch, you know, uh, where you they don't really know necessarily how you're going to play together. 
So you sort of have an advantage because they can't really scout you because they have no idea what lineups you're going to run out there. So I guess in some senses that makes it easier for you because it's always going to be a mystery lineup because you don't know who's healthy. Um, but that's why Michael Porter Jr. being that consistent is a huge deal. It's why Monte Morris coming through and Beasley getting his stroke back. That's a right. big deal because they the need those. The depth is guys. finally stepping up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they're going to need that. Grant, honestly, Grant this yeah. past couple weeks has just he's been. played very well. He's been a, like, Tasmanian devil out there. It's been crazy, which is good. Like, they need him to be this guy. Um, yeah, I mean, they right, especially with Paul Millsap out right now. And, like, it's very interesting because we're starting to really get that with these injuries. I mean, Murray, obviously, not so much. But, like, when you think about the other guys, like Paul Millsap um, getting hurt so that it gives more time for Jeremy Grant. And even, even a Gary Harris getting hurt um, and then Murray getting hurt so that gives more time for – Michael Porter Jr., Mason yep. Plumley being out, that's resulted also Michael Porter Jr.'s. We've seen kind of him play um, that center spot, or they're playing, you know, they're not they're not really playing with a center at all, and they're playing just with Grant and Porter out there um, as their two Porter's bigs. Such a good rebounder, they can do that. They just right, have two exactly. bigs on the court, and yeah, one of them defends the perimeter, one of them grabs a rebound. It doesn't really matter which one of them it is. Yeah, and it works because Michael Porter Jr. is is it's, you know it's been one of the the brightest things that we've seen, and most probably the best unexpected surprise has been he's he's a phenomenal rebounder. He's um, happy to use his size to go get any rebound you want, and I like that. And and Jeremy Grant is not, but uh, Michael Porter Jr. not the greatest defender, not really a great rim protector. Jeremy Grant pretty good at that. So like yep. they've they've been able to mesh those two guys together. Um, and, and it's worked, which is good because they, you know, they tried a little bit with Jared Vanderbilt and that didn't really work too well. Um, so yeah, Jared's still working on, on some parts of his game that he really needs to be able to contribute with a shortened roster like this. Right. Right. And it's so, but it's worked out with those two guys. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see, like, you're getting kind of a glimpse of what this team might look like next season, right? Because Mason Plumlee might not be here and, and Paul Millsap might not be here. Yeah, and, and Jeremy Grant and Michael Grant and Jeremy Grant might not be here, but uh, those two guys, him and Michael Porter Jr., look like you know, okay, that's kind of your your f- two forwards uh, that are going to play next to Jokic potentially for the next five years, you know. So, yep. um, it's well, been, I mean, it's this been is what you wanted to, to see. Was one of the things that I was I was a little bothered by earlier in the year is they weren't using Jeremy Grant next to um, Jokic enough. I thought. Um, because they need to know how he fits next to Jokic if he might be starting next to Jokic as soon as next year. Yeah. And so with these injuries, he's gotten more time next to Jokic. He His game has been very strong in the last couple of weeks, um, and that, that bodes very well, especially in the playoffs. When these benches get shortened, you need him to be able to play next to Jokic because Jokic's <laughs> going to play more minutes, and he'll have fewer <laughs> games to play with him. Yep, absolutely. And it's... Um... And you're going to need – you might need uh, Michael Porter Jr. to play big minutes for you in the playoffs as well. He's yep. uh, he's kind of your ace in the hole at least. He, he By that time, he might not be. By that time, he might be relying on the guy a lot. So um, it's good to get – you know, if, you, if you're going to use him in the playoffs, it's now is the time to start really figuring that out. You know, so because find when you his, get yeah, into March, place, you're going to be in your run. Figure out how to take advantage of him and of Grant. And they've both been doing that right. a lot. And that's one of the reasons the Nuggets are still afloat despite missing four-fifths of their starters for a couple of games here. Let me ask you this to, to kind of close out the show, I guess, before we get to our predictions. But um, do you worry, because you're starting to see Grant and Porter kind of get it together, but do you worry that when Millsap comes back, when Plumley comes back, that suddenly the Nuggets are going to get bogged down again, trying to figure out how we get minutes for all these different guys? Um, I mean, some, because minutes are always going to be tough on a roster this stacked. Um, now the trade deadline's in what a uh, week and a half? Yeah, thereabouts. It's coming up quick. So I mean, it's always possible that the Nuggets move some guys, but with their injuries, I don't expect them to. The whole oh, yeah. reason that they didn't trade anybody before is because they wanted to make sure they were covered in case of injury, because nobody knew how Will Barton was going to come back and how Gary Harris was going to come back after their like terrible injuries last year. And so they kept everybody, and lo and behold, we've got Millsap missing a bunch of games. You know, Gary's been out. Like, they need these guys. So rather than trade their depth, I expect them to hold on to their depth like crazy because even if those guys aren't playing, you know, in game 81, maybe, you know, Gary Harris goes down with, uh, you know, a rolled ankle or something, and you need somebody. Well, guess what? Malik Beasley's still here. Right. So so I think they're going to have trouble with minutes, but I don't think they're going to have trouble with um, knowing what those guys should do when they get in the game. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I guess I guess the one guy I could see getting moved maybe be Wancho just because he doesn't seem to even even still, um, he seems far it's down hard to on find the rotation. Fit for him, man, like, like it, well, it, his fit is what Michael Porter Jr. is doing, but Michael Porter Jr. just does it way better. But you Michael know, Porter Jr. does it. Yeah, <laughs> right, he, exactly. He's, he's making shots and grabbing rebounds and and uh, unfortunately Wancho Wancho's better defender. Right. Um, but, but he just he, the shot his shot has deserted him, and if his shot's not going to be there, it's very hard to play him. Right. Yep. And the other thing about Wancho is you've got two more forwards um, in Vanderbilt and Chanchar sitting behind him. So. Um, and honestly, to free up, I I'm a you know me. We're both we're both Chanchar fans. That's right. Vlaco Vlaco has the kind of game that I like. It's understated. Um, it's effort play, and he makes the shots and makes the right move on defense, and that's all I want for my bench players. Right. I think with Michael Porter Jr. kind of really taking that role right now of the big forward uh, who's just the offensive scorer, yep. um, the the next thing you would want out of another guy, kind of combo forward coming off your bench would be the guy who's the big forward who's more of a you know a 3 and D kind of guy, and that's yep. that's what you get more so out of Vlaco than you do out of Wancho. So it makes – it wouldn't like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the one guy – uh, they ended up doing something with it. Obviously, it would be a very, very minor deal if only Wancho uh, were involved. Right. So. Uh, all right, Gordon, so give me your prediction. we got four games this week. Where do you see the Nuggets going? Um, uh, I'm going to go two and two probably. Two and two. Do you think they get the Jazz game? I don't. I think they're going to take Memphis. They're going to take Detroit. And they're probably going to lose the back-to-back at Utah and Milwaukee. Oh, that would be rough. I uh, here's what I like. <laughs> I like the uh, the Nuggets to to get the win against Memphis. I like them to. Should I'm gonna take that back. I like them to lose against Memphis. Um, they <laughs> trap get game, the win. Huh? Yeah. No. Well, not even trap game. Like I said, I think Memphis is better than people. Um, I agree. I people think. think I think this is now the first game that all these guys, after the shock of, of the Kobe Bryant dying, that they're going to now play on the road. That could maybe have them come out sluggish. I think they get caught off guard. It's one of those games they played on their competition. They end up losing. They get back. They get the win against Utah. Drop the game against Milwaukee. Get the win against Detroit. 2-2 two and two as well. Just a little bit different way of getting there. I like. I, I just wanted it to figure out a way they could do it and, and beat the Jazz. That's basically what I was after there, so... All right. Well, with that, I think we will close out the show. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at G Money Nugs, at Denver Stiffs, at Pickaxe Podcast. Uh, follow us over on Instagram at The Denver Stiffs. Make sure you are also subscribing to the YouTube channel as well as the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. Um, you can find that wherever you listen to your podcast. It's probably what you're hopefully subscribed to right now as you're listening to the show but if you're not make sure you do that you'll get this show nuggets numbers the dig the denver stiff show all kinds of great stuff so uh, make sure you guys are subscribing to that Alrighty, gordon as always i appreciate you being on sir oh i appreciate it and this was a really strange day with a lot of um um oddness unfolding as it went but it's it was an interesting week for the nuggets they came out on top today and um hopefully uh, they mess with both of us and do better than both of our predictions. There you go. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.